0: Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to the Poker Face Recap Podcast, where every week I dive into the world of the hit Peacock TV series, Poker Face. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm excited to break down each episode in this character-driven murder mystery series. No bullshit. So sit back, relax. Uh, maybe crack open a tall can of your favorite beer, and let's get started on this wild ride with Charlie Kale as she solves murders across the United States. In this episode, Poker Face Season One, Episode Nine: Escape from Shit Mountain, the panultimate episode. We have this episode came out March second of twenty twenty three, directed by Ryan Johnson, written by Ryan Johnson, Nora Zuckerman, and Lila Zuckerman. This episode guest stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Dace David Castan Castaneda, and Stephanie Shu. Uh, let's see here forgot to take out my cough drop uh forgive my voice if i i sound horrible i've been sick all week and i'm i'm struggling today uh this is another great episode with another high body count the 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 show is finishing strong leaving many dead bodies uh behind and a very similar situation in some ways to the previous episode with an old death an old murder coming back to haunt the killer this time charlie is in colorado just outside of denver Uh, in this episode charlie experiences the high highest highs and some of the most brutal lows Uh, this time she is snowed in at a motel with a sticky fingered criminal a rich investment banker who's on house arrest for insider trading and the owner of the motel this episode also has a twist that hits very similar to episode seven the future of the sport also involving a vehicle traveling at racing speeds this episode great performances from all the actors obviously joseph gordon levitt plays a great villain in this episode probably the darkest character that i can think of him playing Uh, It's also an episode where Charlie dies. Or is that bullshit? Let's get into this episode where we are on a snowy mountain, Colorado. Not really. It's kind of, uh, I mean, I guess at this point, we haven't flashed back to Charlie's part yet. But at this point, it is snowing. It is in the mountains of Colorado. There is this modern style home mansion in the mountains, secluded, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Trey, uh, he we kind of seeing his daily routine: drinking healthy smoothies, exercising on his Peloton, playing indoor golf on a projector screen type of a setup, uh, playing this VR driving game, uh, getting his food delivered all the way up the mountain with snow uh, and treats the delivery driver like garbage, giving him a low rating, no tip, Uh, which as somebody who delivered food for a long time, uh, it was sad how often I, whenever, if I were to, the nicer the house I delivered the food, the less likely I was to get a tip. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Trey, in this uh is right on that's I, I didn't i don't think i got uh, maybe you don't you don't really see who gives you ratings when you're doing the delivery stuff so who knows if i ever got bad ratings but definitely never got a tip uh so the fact that this delivery guy as we're seeing this routine continues to show up is kind of baffling i would i would cancel the order um and it's not like he's ordering a bunch of food so it's not like Like, if you have to drive a lot doing one of these food delivery things, you are not getting paid a lot of money. It is not a good deal. And, like, driving up some snowy mountain to give food to, like, some millionaire who doesn't give a shit. Horrible. Complete asshole. Uh, He ends the day with a glass of whiskey usually, turns on the fake fireplace on his TV, and that's kind of his daily routine over and over Screwing over the same delivery driver every day, right? Until one day his TV doesn't turn on, right? He doesn't get to turn on his fake fire. The Peloton starts to just act as a coat rack as clothing just kind of gets hung on it. Uh, He decides to just pour the healthy drink down the drain one day. And finally, we see the delivery driver kind of do what I would probably do. Instead of leaving the bag hooked onto the fence, off of the ground, off of the snow, he put it about 10 feet past the fence. So Jorson Gordon Lev would actually have to open the gate and leave his property to get the food, which forces him to stretch to get this food because he has an ankle monitor we find out uh and he is stuck at his home doing these daily routines because he is on house arrest right and as he's walking in after getting his food which i i find to be poetic justice as he's walking down his hallway the the bag of food rips and just all of his food spills to the ground uh, instead of grabbing his whiskey this day, he decides to pour himself a glass of uh, a tall glass of coconut rum, right? Is this episode maybe want to drink coconut rum um, or just rum in general? And then that's when we notice his ankle monitor, because in this scene, it turns off and immediately gets a call from his parole officer. Uh, the storm that is happening uh took the service down for his monitor right so but the conditions are still the same you're not allowed to leave the poor officer is going to be there at seven in the morning to check on him right so he tells him not to do anything stupid so of course he does something stupid right now that he's off the leash he decides to get in his Lamborghini SUV Ferrari SUV some sports car SUV and drive like he's driving his VR game which he crashes so i'm expecting that to happen and he's like driving it obviously fast he's driving it like the the biggest asshole but also it is a mountain it is snowing it's the snowing so bad it caused the GPS service for his ankle monitor to go down these aren't good conditions to be driving period let alone driving fast but he doesn't really care and of course he still has his glass of coconut rum with him because of course of course if you're going to do something stupid might as well go all the way right if you're going to get caught like violating your parole might as well have a DUI at the same time right and then just as he takes a sip there's a deer in the road he swerves just swerves barely missing this deer right deer completely unfazed as they are and just as he looks back at the road from checking the deer right seeing that he missed the deer and he moves his head back to the road bam hits a person he stops shuts off his music grabs his glass of rum as he leaves uh and pitches the drink into the woods where i was like oh he's gonna go t- He's going to finish his drink while he's looking at his the carnage that he, he wrought. But no, he throws it into the woods, right? And then he looks at the body, and he kind of sees headlights coming in the distance. So he, in a hurry, picks up the body, drags it to the back of his SUV to load it in the trunk, right? And kind of just barely gets the body in at in time picks up the side mirror that was knocked off when he hit the body um and kind of does the whole you know hiding his face as the car passes um and as he leaves he makes a call obviously not to his lawyer to a buddy right and that's when he pulls up to a motel where the guy running the desk turns off on the no vacancy sign right and he goes outside and uh, meets trey And Trey says he needs to use the spot. This episode could have been titled The Spot uh, because the spot is a big part of this episode. But Trey needs to use the spot. Cut to both guys carrying this body to what is basically a massive hole that is underneath the trunk of a tree, right? In the root structure, there's a massive hole dug out. Um, which is kind of a great like you can't tell that there's a hole there it's a great if you're gonna have a spot to hide things that's a, a a good place so they slide the body in and cover up the hole and then trey immediately says he's gonna go home right he's like i'm not even gonna bother talking to this guy who's we find out to be one of his best friends somebody they have a history with obviously Maybe that spot came into play in the past. Maybe that's why they're not really as close as they used to be. Um, But he's like, I should go. And he remotely starts his car and his friend doesn't seem happy. Kind of seems out of it, right? Like it's not his first time that he's had to clean up one of Trey's messes. uh, And kind of Trey gives a fake kind of we're still friends kind of vibe, right? I'll call you right so we can talk about this whole thing Um, but seeing kind of his friend against the door kind of like not doing well right maybe traumatized or whatever or just kind of tired of Trey's BS either way Trey turns off his car and he decides to stay right they'll have a drink and talk it out so they go into the office of the motel And Trey asks if he still has his quote unquote stash, right, which Trey leans over the counter and grabs another bottle of rum, same kind of bottle of rum, that white coconut rum where there's a brand name that clearly didn't sponsor this episode, but uh, is that type of a coconut rum that exists. And uh, his friend doesn't really want any and doesn't understand how Trey can drink that stuff. Uh, But Trey says that it reminds him of better times. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where a taste or a smell can bring you back to a memory, bring you back. Music has a similar thing and his energy is on point, right? Trey has like this, uh, fake positivity, like they are good old pals, which they say, he says they're good old pals and they are old friends, but that that good old pal thing is, is feeling forced on Trey's side. Uh, and his friends, super low energy, far from the same energy, right? I know how he feels when you have this guy who's like trying to force positivity or like, Hey, I should be excited to be hanging out with you right now. And I just, I can't fake the funk, you know? especially like you're around somebody who's drama, somebody who's toxic. It's just like, I don't have any desire to pretend to be happy to be around you. Um, just kind of the friendliness bullshit. Uh, Trey apologizes for not calling when he got back into town, says he owes him a lot, right? Calls him his brother. Uh, another kind of thing assholes do, right? They try and they try and uh over accentuate your bond. and Trey says it's been a fucked up year and shows him his ankle monitor tells him about the the investment firm he was working at, insider trading, how they kind of put it all on him. and he's six months into a four month Senate sentence. Uh, and he's losing his mind. poor little baby in his mansion. Uh, Six months into only a four-month sentence of being at home with whatever you want. Food delivered, video games. I would be like, that is a vacation to me. It would be a vacation to me to spend 14 weeks in that mansion with those things, having whatever disposable income he has would be my my best vacation i could ever hope for not around anybody i can do whatever i want i don't have any responsibilities are you kidding me but that is what our government deems as punishment for people who are wealthy it is ridiculous like people of privilege and wealth in some ways, should be treated to the maximum. They should have to be treated exactly like everybody else. You should have the homeless person in prison for existing having to be in the same disgusting cage as a billionaire who stole millions of dollars from whoever, right? There shouldn't be, like, this leniency to... When you, just because you're wealthy, which of course exists, which is like how Brett, people like Brett Favre get away with stealing millions of people from the poorest people in the poorest state and nothing happens to them, right? And this poor guy, Trey, six months into a 14-month sentence, right? Just uh, what a pathetic snowflake he is, right? Still rich, still living in this modern luxury house. his friend points out that he's been back for six months and this is how he hears that he's back. Like this is the first time he even hears from him. Uh, Trey tries to make an excuse that he was on house arrest, right? Like he can't make a phone call. Uh, and of course his friend knows he's full of shit. So he says, uh, so then Trey's like, Oh, I was embarrassed. I didn't know what, what people would think of me, blah, blah, blah. And he tries to go back to the family angle where they're brothers. Uh, And of course, Trey comes from money. And his friend was just left uh, this motel when his dad died, right? And he's just struggling, just struggling to keep the motel open, struggling just to survive. As most people are that don't come from money, that aren't privileged enough to start on third base and pretend like they're some kind of self-made person um actually having to struggle I mean even giving being given a business by your parent is somewhat of a privilege in itself uh but still has its own struggles uh he mentions everywhere he look he looks he saw her this is the other guy which what is his name I know I have it written in here but uh Jimmy Jimmy says like every sees her face then you have the power cutoff, which does cuts off for only a moment, which does throughout this episode. Trey checks his watch, clearly wanting to get out of there. Uh, and Trey offers to give him money, right? Because that's how he gets out of all situations. Let me give you some money, which I have plenty of. Uh, and he tells him to shove it, and Trey goes to leave. Um, and there's a loud knock at the door. Right? His friend Jimmy grabs a gun from behind the counter. Trey uh mentions the roads that should be shut down. So nobody should be there. Trey opens the door and the person they put under the tree is laying there in front of the door and they gasp and Jimmy points the gun at them, right? To just put them out of their misery or whatever. But just then a car is approaching. Trey grabs the gun from Jimmy, kneels down, kind of tucks it in his, uh, in his waist or whatever tucks it away and uh kind of waves hello to the car that's pulling up um and by the look at the headlights it looks like it's our fearless leader charlie kale's car uh and trey tries to say the the person is hurt and needs some help right cut back to rewind back to our fearless leader our hero charlie kale driving through nature driving through colorado the gorgeous scenes of colorado parking at the chloe jones trailhead as she checks her map trying to figure out how she's going to get out of the rocky mountains and she sees this jacked mountain man asking if she needs any help right then invites her to go look at something and she's like no i don't go to a second location but then he takes off his flannel to reveal that he's just like just just ripped stacked jacked dude mountain man dude uh, so of course she quickly changes her mind. She's like, yeah, let's go. Okay. You're going to take your, which is very like, uh, th- I was, uh, this kind of cheesy, kind of cheesy. The you- 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 hot guy taking off. All- sh- it's like, okay. Okay. My voice is turning into a bit of Charlie kale. Um. <clears throat> so they walk through the woods for a bit, right? Opens up into this gorgeous landscape of this lake and this mountain, just Made me kind of wish I was back in Denver and also kind of made me wish I had taken more time to explore the beauty that is Colorado and Denver, uh, where I mostly explored Denver itself walking around the city. Um, but kind of a cheesy scene with her and this dude. Uh, very kind of, you saw in like a lot of 70s movies where there's like a montage of people having fun sitting out on in the grass playing acoustic guitars singing and smoking weed in the sunlight right it is that kind of scene them kissing and fishing so it's like charlie gets a little montage of love right in this in this journey that she's been on trying to run for her survival while also solving these murders charlie's finally getting a moment of of happiness and peace and love so i despite it being cheesy, I appreciate and I am thankful she is getting some, some moments of goodness, especially in this episode where there is going to be, uh, far more of the opposite, but it ends with them sitting by a campfire and Charlie proclaiming that she will never be leaving magic mountain as that's what she refers to the place. That's what he refers to the place as magic mountain. And of course, hard cut to February where it's covered in snow and Charlie just gets splashed with like this snow sludge right by a car driving by. She's like a homeless person at a gas station. How homeless people in cities try to make money by cleaning people's windshields with dirty rags. Uh, Charlie is brushing off snow from people's windshields that have already clearly been cleared off. You can just use windshield wipers. I don't, it's the, the reality of people doing that in snow isn't very likely, but it's, I understand what they're trying to do. She's trying to make money, make enough money to get gas at this gas station so she can get to Denver, right? She can get out of the mountains. Um, The owner comes out, threatens to call the cops. Obviously she doesn't want that. Charlie slips on her back. like It is a want, want, want moment with Charlie. Everything's going wrong. And then out comes morty right this girl who is part from uh everything everywhere all at once um what is her name uh stephanie shu she plays morty <clears throat> who offers to pay for charlie's gas if she gives her a ride and one of many times uh morty fails at stealing charlie's wallet well succeeds but charlie notices Um, and ask for a wallet back. Let's take a quick break right now to talk about are you a fan of original artwork and live events? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor and the weekly live stream over at YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder. This ongoing series explores the endless possibilities of the human face through abstract ink paintings on paper, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Join me every Thursday at 420 Pacific Time as I paint live, follow the Many Faces series and discover the endless possibilities of the human face. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of the action and own a piece of original artwork by me, Ray Taylor. Head to YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder every Thursday to catch the live stream and visit inspiredisorder.com to browse and purchase the Many Faces artwork. And now, let's get back to the show. Uh, they go inside to pay for the gas, and uh, so Morty can pay for the gas. And Charlie asks about a missing persons flyer that's taped up, clearly weathered. Uh, she's seen it everywhere, and it says it's missing. The person missing is Chloe Jones. The same name of the trail that she stopped at, the Chloe Jones trailhead. Uh, the owner says it's been up for a decade. Uh, and Chloe Jones was uh, also the name, as I said, the, tr- the name of the trail. Um, something tells me this is the missing person uh, the, um, that Trey and Jimmy were kind of alluding to early. Maybe that's what they had used the spot for. Maybe that's what their uh, initial drama was, uh, why they haven't talked in such a long time. Maybe that's why Jimmy is a little out of it, uh, because of the previous use of this spot. And like previous episode, there may be more than one murder solved tonight. Uh, despite not being, uh, Morty's credit card. I mean, it's, you know the owners like if I swipe this do you guys guarantee you'll leave and they're like yeah we'll get out of here don't worry about it uh so as they drive up the mountain as they're driving up and over I don't know where they are on the the mountain in Colorado but as they're leaving uh they're chit-chatting and Morty does a little pit pocketing to uh, afford her snowboarding nomadic lifestyle right? It's despite sure not having any snowboard. Uh, but clearly the pickpocketing thing is uh, something that she does. And Char- Charlie opens up a little bit about her traveling lifestyle as well. And then another deer is in the road, causes Charlie to uh, crash off the side of the road into a snowbank. And uh, now they're stuck, right? Morty tries to convince Charlie to walk back to the gas station to get a tow. But obviously, Charlie's like, if I do, you're going to steal my car. Uh, So Morty goes, and again, Charlie reminds her to give her wallet back because Morty keeps stealing her wallet. Cut to later that night. The car is now more covered in snow. It is snowing. Charlie's still inside wondering where Morty is. She hasn't come back. She puts on her jacket and heads out on her own to see where Morty is or just to get this tow truck on her own. When she gets out, she sees that deer, and she kind of makes – They that made her the deer that made her crash she she like locks eyes with this deer right and she just has this moment staring at this deer as this deer staring at her and as she's walking down the road she sees a car approaching right she tries to wave it down and it's clear that this car doesn't notice her this car isn't slowing down she kind of turns to put her hood up on her jacket and that's when we see a deer walk out in the road and you see this car swerve right the car that is being driven by trey and we see charlie get hit by a car and up until this point i had i had assumed it was somebody else i didn't expect charlie to be the one get hit i thought it was morty that got hit and charlie's gonna like find her nope kind of it made me feel like the twist in episode seven future of the sport um maybe not as big of a hit as that twist was but still a twist um and I think obviously done by design they purposely didn't show that it was Charlie that was hit or that Charlie was the one outside of the motel room on her deathbed. so who was it that pulls up obviously we probably have a good idea Charlie has gotten a lot of abuse in this show. She's been shot first episode. She was shot. She fought off a bunch of old ladies, uh, at the retirement community. She tased, tased herself, almost killed by a crazy, uh, race car driver in a, t- in a tow truck out in Tennessee. And now she was hit by, ca- by this freaking asshole flying down the road by this investment banker on house arrest. Um, and just left to die into in under in some hole underneath a tree cut to charlie waking up in that hole kind of seeing light pierce through the snow uh that that's covering the hole kind of a bit confused about where she is and climbing out kind of like the living dead like she's a zombie climbing out from a grave right just in pain also covered in dirt She somehow makes it to the motel door and then with something in her head looks like a horn. She's rapping on the door with this horn um, and she passes out from exhaustion. Cut to her waking up again as her car pulls up. uh, We see it's driven by Morty Uh, before she passes out again. Charlie asks, are you me right? Seeing her car pull up and somebody, some woman get out. Uh, cut to Charlie waking up again underneath a mounted deer head inside the motel lobby. Uh, they're trying to ask her if she knows what happened to her. Hey, did you happen to notice that I not only hit you, but then we both threw you under a hole? Uh, she thinks she's dead. Uh, sh- she thinks she died on shit mountain. Uh, no longer magic mountain to her as shit mountain uh she says she was wanted by moose as uh as she points to the deer head on the wall and it's like no no that's a deer lady uh she kind of remembers her name uh they say they found her outside and her leg is broken so she can't move she's kind of stuck on this couch right now uh she tries to recall what happened and remembers uh remembers a headlight and her body just like exploding with pain um and in her dying moment she was a kid again she was like taken back to this memory back in anaheim shores beach club right and a memory from when she was eight and her mind is kind of blown remembering this right that this is possibly was the happiest moment in her life that's why she was brought back to that moment like that time when she was eight that was her happiest moment which she kind of feels like it's like it wasn't with the mountain man guy uh she asks who they are and she kind of remembers waking up underneath the tree um and then morty comes out of the bathroom uh trey and jimmy kind of let them catch up right well they figure out what they're gonna do trey is kind of stoked that she might have uh, brain damage and she doesn't remember jimmy suggests uh that he give them a room right since the roads are all closed anyways we'll wait until morning trey obviously wants to bail he doesn't even want to be there um even if he wasn't supposed to meet with his po in the morning he doesn't want to be there uh jimmy is worried if they call the cops they might find the spot the quote-unquote spot um so <clears throat> Trey is confident they won't because that's. They won't find the spot because that's why it is called the spot, right? Because it, it's not something you can find. Um, then he takes the gun out of his pocket and tucks it uh, into his waistband of his sweatpants. Trey does. So he's got the gun that Jimmy's gun. Uh, they decide to fake a call to the cops. Trey decides to fake a call to the cops. Charlie stops him. Obviously, Charlie doesn't want the cops involved. Um, none of them want the cops involved. Charlie uses the explanation that they're uh, probably busy with the snow stuff. And then Monty tells her that she agrees because she saw the roads were all closed down into Denver. Right. And Charlie's like, Oh, were you taking my car to Denver for? And her excuse was that she was going to look for, she was looking for you silly, obviously not true bullshit. At this point, I'm wondering if Charlie's accident has affected charlie's bullshit spotting meter she didn't seem to notice that trey was lying about calling the cops or being on the phone with the operator right bad acting is something that falls under her purview of her ability to spot bullshit uh which we saw at the dinner theater also uh charlie asks uh morty outright if uh her or any of her associates were the ones that ran her over to steal her car um and it doesn't seem like charlie when she says no charlie doesn't necessarily look like and maybe she's just out of it and maybe that's why but at this point i'm kind of confused if she has her abilities right because she looks confused when morty says no she doesn't feel like she can trust it or not uh but she does notice that her wallet is is has been picked again right no shame in Morty's game uh even near death sticky fingers stay sticky fingers Trey tells them they can take a room right gratis and f- figure out everything in the morning Charlie's leg isn't walkable so they kind of try to figure out what to do try to make a splint and they go to use a uh an antique uh s- ski pole and you know Jimmy's like don't use that And then uh, Charlie's like, oh, my stabby stick. Use that. That's like the perfect size, right? The thing that she used to free herself. Um, And that's why they see what the stabby stick is. It's just like a bone, right? Possibly covered in blood. It kind of looked like Charlie and the bone were covered in blood. I don't know if it was. Probably dirt. Um, Morty screams, drops it, and just just as the power cuts off, Uh, Jimmy suggests that it's an animal bone, obviously not wanting to admit that this spot had maybe the remains of another human in it. Morty doesn't buy it, right? She knows it's human. Uh, Trey suggests that it's a fossil. Oh, it's like super old. Uh, But Charlie notices that it has surgical pins in it and Morty puts it together uh, from a friend's gnarly wipeout that had to get pins put in her leg that it's, you know it's somebody's leg. Then Charlie remembers that missing person sign that are up everywhere. And of course, Trey and Jimmy are doing everything not to contribute to this kind of piecing together, uh, as these two ladies are kind of uncovering everything. And as these two ladies are slowly uncovering their, one of their old crimes, um, oh shoot where am I uh not walkable leg course Jimmy doing everything spot um Charlie's trying to think of the name of the person on the flyer um and they've been up for 10 years so it's bullshit that they wouldn't have seen it uh Charlie calls bullshit immediately obviously so her, her powers are back when they say they hadn't seen it uh, but also, it, it, it you wouldn't need special powers to know that somebody hadn't seen a missing poster sign that's been up for a decade. Um, Charlie asks why he would lie, right, about not seeing the poster, obviously. Morty assumes it's so that he can collect the $75,000 reward. Uh, Jimmy gets up saying that he does have one of those posters and pulls one out from behind the the desk to show Morty uh Trey is trying to cast doubt on the bone right being Chloe Jones's bone Charlie's suspicious now and sees the ankle monitor that Trey has as the dudes leave Uh, Charlie asked Morty if she was getting any kind of creepy vibes from those guys uh as Morty is already kind of rummaging for things to for things to steal Uh, Charlie considers another room in the motel as a second location, which she was against. Unless there's a hot looking bulky dude that she's going to spend summer with and spring with, then uh, she's not going to some second location. It's against the rule. Also, she considers the ankle monitor on Trey a red flag. Uh, Morty thinks Trey is cute and uh thinks that the ankle monitor is just a sign that he has money because only people that have money get house arrest uh charlie releases the uh realizes the coincidence of having her body dumped next to another body right that's kind of a weird of all the places to be dumped uh then she realizes that it was more than just dumped and it was more of a hiding spot some may call this hiding spot the spot then she realized the roads are all closed and that the hit and run driver had nowhere to run so they're probably here as well she asked morty to give her the phone and before handing the phone morty wants to be clear that they will split the reward of course and then she realized that the phones are dead and that trey was only pretending to call the cops charlie demands that they go now morty is singularly focused on that reward and morty makes excuses why she can't move charlie and just leaves right you're too big i can't move you i'm out of here uh charlie knows her excuses are bullshit, but is stuck on the couch in that lobby of the motel now she is all alone cut to trey pissed off in the motel room that him and, and jimmy went to Trey is pissed that these women are gonna call the cops on some seventy-five thousand dollar reward. Jimmy reminds him that seventy-five thousand dollars is a lot. Like that's more than some people make in two years in this country. Sadly, um, so it is quite a bit of money for normal people. And he suggests that G- that Trey just pay them the seventy-five k to stay quiet about it. Uh, then he finds Trey. <clears throat> then we find out that Trey actually paid Jimmy to keep quiet 10 years ago about the whole Chloe Jones thing. So it wouldn't be the first time he's paid people to be quiet about this thing. They both acknowledge the women are shady, not wanting the cops either. Then Trey floats the idea of taking care of them. Obviously, that's where he would go. Jimmy suggests sleeping them, slipping them a Mickey uh, so they can get some good sleep, and then we'll just pay them in the morning uh then trey sees morty walking out in the woods looking for the spot uh surprised that the spot wasn't the title of this episode but it's clear like if you're gonna do especially now before the snow covers it up she can easily follow the trail that charlie left crawling from the spot to the front door so morty is following that trail uncovers the hole takes pictures of a skull inside of the hole um and she's taking a bunch of pictures as trey kind of creeps up behind her and as he reaches for the gun that is supposed to be in his waistband he realizes it's not there and guess why just then morty turns around spins around shining the light in his face pointing that gun that sticky fingers herself has in his face right she put it together that he killed chloe jones and hit charlie as well then uh shows him the pictures that she has on her phone especially the one of the stupid shoe prints who would be wearing these shoes in snow anyway these are shoes somebody would be wearing in their home little house slipper shoes these aren't shoes and he asks her what she wants cut to charlie trying to get mobile trying to get a hold of a desk chair rolling desk chair with the, that antique ski pole uh she wheels herself over to the wall where she sees the, the her keys hanging up and she can't reach right she can't get up high enough to reach but on that same wall she notices a picture of a group of friends and three people in that group are trey jimmy and the one the previous chloe jones uh, <clears throat> and one of the f- best photoshops I've seen usually movies that have photoshops uh, like that in photos that are around are not very good and this one was actually pretty decent uh, just then Jimmy walks in and sees her looking at the picture and he asks where Morty is and she lies about uh, Morty checking the car uh, but he knows this bullshit because he sees her keys still hanging up For the show. And make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening. And we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. Uh, Morty is checking out Trey's car now. Trey and Morty are over at his fancy... SUV and she sees the side mirrors busted off. She's like, you must've hit her pretty good, huh? Um, and he tosses her the keys, right? Asking her if that's a problem. That's what he wants to give her to keep her quiet here. You take this nice shiny car and she gets in, starts it up and he tells her it's hers if she wants it. And she likes the deal and reminds him that she has a phone full of pictures. If he decides to call the cops on her and just then he smashes her head into the steering wheel knocking her out right bound to happen not sticky fingers not the most aware of what could potentially happen cut to jimmy and charlie back inside jimmy starts to explain uh, the whole chloe jones thing trey and her uh were very close jimmy liked her energy she was expected to go to the olympics super good at snowboarding Um, and just kind of disappeared, right? That's what Jimmy thought happened to. She just disappeared. Didn't know what happened to her. Or at least that's what he's saying. Uh, then he gives her two pills and says they're ibuprofen. Uh, so, and at this point I'm like, she must not, not have her ability because she, she would have noticed that. I mean, even if he didn't know what actually happened to her. Okay. But like, those are clearly not ibuprofen. Uh, and the Twitch also not gone. Right. Uh, or she's just hiding back, calling out bullshit, right? She doesn't want, unlike most episodes where she's pretty bold when she confronts people about things. Um, Charlie asks if he thinks that, uh, in, which he hasn't taken the pills yet, but Charlie asks if he thinks, it, uh, thinks it's her out there, thinks if it's Chloe out there, um, and he doesn't want to think about that. Uh, you can tell that he's still traumatized about everything that happened uh, or whatever did happen. Uh, he's telling Charlie how he wishes he could just have been stronger back then. Charlie relates to his pain, uh, mentioning how hard it was for her and has been. Um, and how it kind of erodes you wishing you had done. Obviously she, her referring to her friend Natalie from Vegas. Uh, she says she's sorry for what he's had to, to live with. Right. She sympathizes with him. Uh, he sheds a tear and tells her he won't let anything happen to her tonight. Right. Kind of, hopefully she has an ally, uh, which that she believes, assuming, uh, then she goes to take the pills and as she drinks, uh, out of the mug she realizes she's then transported again to this memory of anaheim shorts beach club right we actually get to see it this time we go back with her to see young charlie in her water wings watching some hairy guy put on coconut suntan lotion right <clears throat> then cut to her being dragged by trey in the snow and his breath on her face as she's dragged being drugged by him right and we find out that that mug was full of coconut rum so again the smell unleashing memories bringing her back that's why she had the memory of of anaheim shores because she smelled the rum the coconut rum on trey's breath when she when he he drugged her to the back of his car that's why when she took a drink of that coconut rum she remembered that coconut lotion smell from anaheim shores So now Charlie knows that Trey is responsible for hitting her. Beautiful setup. Now she knows Trey is the one who hit her and stuffed her in the car and then in the hole. Uh, She tried to get up and leave and uh, the pills kick in just then and she passes out. Uh, So it seems like she didn't catch the lie about the pills, right? It's like this, this show, this episode, it's like, it's so ambiguous to know if she is catching lies or not catching lies because she's not, aside from like once she hasn't really called them out, but it could also be that she doesn't want to call them out, right? Cut to Trey driving away with Morty, right? Then putting her behind the wheel, um, then does a factory reset on her phone. Right. To make sure that the photos she has are gone. And she pushes the car off the cliff um, and the car lands on the roof. So, you know, something I was assuming maybe she's alive. Right. Or the pics didn't get deleted. So I'm thinking comes back later. I don't think I was right about that. Um, Like or the pictures are on the cloud or something. Nope, that's not really how things shake out in this one. Uh, It's actually way even better even better uh cut back to the motel where jimmy sees trey walking back he leaves the office before he gets there uh where charlie is assumably asleep on the couch uh but as soon as he closed the door behind him uh she wakes up right she got him she didn't actually take the pills. she had him hidden in her her mouth in her lip she knew they weren't ibuprofen uh, she takes them out of her mouth and puts them in the mug of rum. So that will be coming back later. Trey is, uh, gonna drink. And, uh, at some point, Trey is going to drink that, that mug and uh, dose himself at some point. I just, I knew it right when I saw her put it in there. Uh, Jimmy asked, but when it happens is, is perfect. Uh, Jimmy asked where Morty went and Trey says that he fixed the problem Charlie overhears that they are talking so loud outside this window uh, but Charlie overhears them yelling at each other um, so she knows Morley Morty is no longer um, or is she uh, she's overhearing Trey say that he caught her trying to steal his car and she calls bullshit so apparently she it's not like she's just been holding back uh, she still has her powers Jimmy noticed that Trey, uh, is always justifying his actions by saying these chicks went crazy on him. Right. And Jimmy is trying to ask him if that's what he was referring to what happened with Chloe earlier. Um, then they hear Charlie inside trying to get the keys right as she's trying to get the keys off the hook using that ski pole. Uh, and they barge in just as everything gets knocked off the, the walls. Right. Uh, Trey grabs the keys off the floor as Charlie is kind of crawling, trying to crawl towards them. There's also a small knife on the floor. Trey sees he, um, Trey sees that, uh, or Trey thought that he she was asleep. Um, and Charlie fires back that he also thought he she was dead. Um, when he put her in the, the spot so it's just kind of her thing now to make him think those things uh, Jimmy didn't know Trey killed Chloe uh, she just plays him like on she so Charlie starts to play on Jimmy's emotions uh, and Tracy's what she's doing right and he's like we've been friends for years she calls bullshit on that uh, Jimmy asked Trey to clarify what he meant about another chick going crazy on him. Uh, did she grow crazy on you? Trey said that uh, she had an accident from a bad the bad Coke that he sold her um, and that made her fell to fall. And Trey says that she fell. Charlie calls bullshit. Did you hit her? No bullshit. So not not only did she not fall, but uh, Trey hit her in another episode, very similar things, an old murder, uh, left one of the characters believing they were responsible for, in that episode, for 40 years, in the previous episode, for 40 years, in this one, 10 years, Trey thought, or Jimmy thought he was responsible, uh, Trey tries to, tries desperately to get Jimmy to go along with him, Offering him anything he wants, right? Trying to pay him off because that's just how he rolls. Pay you off, pay you off. Let's do this or kill you. Uh, Another rich fuck. Just fuck up. Just trying to buy his way out of a problem. Uh, Jimmy says okay, but then picks up the knife that was on the floor and stands between Trey and Charlie and tells Trey no. Uh, Then the lights cut out again. Trey tells him he was a loser then and he's a loser now. And Jimmy fires back maybe, but that, but at least I'm done being your bitch, Trey. Then bang, uh, bullet hole in Jimmy's head. And I completely forgot that Trey had gotten his, his gun back. Uh, because of course, Trey has the gun pointed at Jimmy and now points it at Charlie but every time he pulls a trigger just produces a click it is out of ammo only one bullet in that gun trey rushes to get the knife from jimmy's hand uh but it's no longer there charlie already got it right she scoops it up and slices trey's calf downward brutal he kicks her body I didn't do much but he kicks her body as if like she didn't already just get hit by a car earlier. Um and he gets the knife and then stabs Charlie in the chest. Brutal. Brutal. Cut to Charlie once again being stuffed into the spot along with Jimmy, Jimmy's body. Trey back inside his uh inside the the uh, motel lobby wiping up the blood with a rag and tossing it into the fireplace to let it burn uh and then um you see the camera lock on that mug of rum with the two pills freshly dissolved inside uh he uses his sleeve to, to grab the ham handle of the mug and takes a giant gulp of the uh the thing not wanting to leave prints on the the mug right but still wanting to get some of that rum uh he leaves and the camera pans up over the mug to reveal that the pills had been dissolved you see their residue at the bottom of the mug i gotta keep stop kicking the camera uh cut to it's now it's morning and trey parks charlie's car off the side of the road kind of somewhere and just limps away probably some blood residue left in her car from his calf cut. Uh, as he walks, uh, the pills start to kick in and he collapses. He sees that deer that keeps showing up, um, right in front of him. He gets up, he's able to power his way up and makes his way home. Uh, just as he gets inside the PO officer shows up and he's at his door. Trey rushes to change his clothes and bandage his leg. And that's when we notice the calf cut that Charlie gave him, that swipe down calf cut, cut off his ankle monitor. Absolutely brilliant. The look on his face of, oh, I'm fucked. Because not only do they know you were not home last night, Mr. Trey, Mr. Investment Banker, but also cut to the spot. Where not only Chloe's remains are, not only Jimmy's dead body, but also Charlie who's holding on to that GPS tracker as we see it light up again. So not only is Trey busted, but also the cops know exactly where the bodies are, which leads Charlie to be saved. Uh, which we see the tracker light up, right? The steam from Charlie's mouth breath showing that she's still alive. Cut to Charlie in the hospital on the news is a story about Morty. Once again, she had Charlie's wallet. So that's why in the news they think Charlie is dead. Charlie dies in this episode. So for all intents and purposes, anyway, Charlie is dead. Uh, and on her bracelet, it says Jane, Jane Doe. However, cut to outside where cliff is in his car and somehow knows that she's not dead. Um, and he's on the phone with Sterling and that's how this episode ends. Um, so the end a bit unclear, it seems like cliff is at the hospital and knows, right? By what he sa- said, it sounds like he knows that Charlie is still alive, but quote unquote, Charlie's dead because she had Morty, or she had her, Morty had her ID, but I'm thinking maybe Cliff, maybe it'll be explained in the next episode. It, it, it should have been like, it sh- the episode should have ended with Cliff on the phone with Sterling going, I think she's dead, but I'm going to check the body, right? Because if he goes to check identify the body, it's clearly not going to be Charlie, which would show that the one survivor that's in the hospital, whatever, maybe that's explained in the next episode, but, uh, it would have been nice to have that kind of misdirect. Uh, but clearly in the next episode, because I knew Benjamin Bratt was in it. They had his credit. So it's like, he knew he was going to show up. And I thought because of that, what I thought was going to happen in this episode I thought that Charlie, in a way to save her, was going to swipe her credit card in the register and set her four hour timer, and that Cliff would show up to kill Trey and Jimmy or whatever and take her into custody, thus saving her from that situation. But at least, and then maybe she can somehow survive and get away from Cliff again. That's how I thought it was going to end. I thought it would have been kind of this brilliant way that is the reason why Cliff finally got to her, but it was how she was able to survive this other situation. Uh, But that's not the way it ended was actually much better with her slicing off the ankle monitor. I thought that was brilliant. Um, Either way, large body count, obviously Chloe, the first uh, body from 10 years before, you have Morty, you have Jimmy, right? Three bodies, and then in some ways Charlie's dead. In some ways. Um <clears throat> uh, So I wasn't really bullshitting at the top, right? And I love her laugh when she like realized like that Charlie's dead, right? She's like it's like this moment of freedom. Uh, and the twist was pretty great when you find out that it was actually her that got hit, Charlie getting hit by Trey. Um, also the reveal that, uh, when Tracy's his ankle monitor, absolute perfection, uh, the setup for the coconut rum was great. And the use of memory, her going back to Anaheim shores. Um, this episode also made me guess her ability to call bullshit anymore. I thought, maybe that was going to play into this episode um but it also could have just been like i said that she didn't want to um call people out cuz she wasn't really in a position to do anything uh so it's kind of her, the first time she's ever had to really slow play a situation <clears throat> so only one le- episode left and charlie is not in good shape she is in the hospital beat up and cliff is outside Uh, So I'm stoked to see how this season ends. These episodes keep getting better. Uh, But the next episode, the very last episode of season one, episode 10, The Hook. Charlie faces her greatest challenge yet when she is caught in the crossfire of a deadly power play that puts her in the sights of two ruthless criminal syndicates and the FBI. So something tells me we are going to be seeing her old FBI friend Luca and it's going to be the end. So we'll see what happens in the next episode. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but that is a wrap for this week's episode of the poker face peak P- pop P- poker face recap podcast. Tune in next Tuesday for another recap of the latest episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment or a rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube if you're watching this. Until then, keep your poker face on and see you next week. No bullshit. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Oh!